How do we build a world for the digital natives? Hello everyone, this is Priyanka Komla, your host for Curryup Startup Podcast, a podcast to celebrate Asian entrepreneurs and bring to limelight their interesting stories. My guest for today is the CEO of Pop Smart Kids. She's focused on transforming screen time to a powerful tool for mentoring the future generations. An avid speaker, a writer who's focused on empowering the digital citizens of tomorrow. Please welcome my guest, Priyanka Raha, to Curryup Startup Podcast. Priyanka, welcome to my show. Hi, Priyanka. I am super thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And I'm super thrilled to meet Priyanka from the West Coast. So thank you. We have two identical names. I'm quite sure our parents were in love with the name. Yes, I think they must have spoken to each other. Priyanka, you do a lot of interesting work in the digital parenting field. And I have a newborn who's four months old. So I can relate to a lot oh, how of... wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So I've been really fascinated about what are the best ways to inculcate a lot of values to the kids and how do I be the ideal parent, ideal mom, you know, all these different stereotypes. Real quick about the ideal parent or the ideal person. And there is no such thing. Uh, and I say this with utmost honesty, is that you do what works best for your family. And that could be whether uh, that could be in the realm of teaching them, uh, introducing them to digital devices versus giving them the kind of food that you love to eat and you prefer. I started my career as a software developer after about 15 years in the tech industry. I started seeing uh, behavior at home from my kids where they would be and I call this like the black hole phenomenon, where they would be super drawn into their digital devices. Usually when they do something like building Legos or doing artwork, they would run and want to show that to me. But with the digital devices, that was not happening. And I kept thinking, is it just me and my family, my kids? And I started talking to parents at schools and at daycares and my friends, um, and I started to see more and more that this is a common phenomenon. And to me, it became, technology to me had always been like this magic wand that actually opens up your imagination, allows you to do fantastic things. But I read and heard a narrative in media, around media, and um, in the community where technology was like this big bad wolf when it came to mentoring the next generation. And I kept thinking that can't be right. Uh, in a, in a, living in a world that is so immersed in technology and raising kids who are growing up in this world where they're growing up alongside our phones and computers and tablets, there has to be a way for us to teach them, to mentor them, to tell them about the, both the good and the bad of this, uh, of the online world. And that kind of was the beginning of Pop Smart Kids. I've been doing this a little over a year. Um, That's fantastic to hear, Priyanka. The bone of contention between me and my husband every time is, you know, having a four-month-old, right? He's still growing up. And when you're watching TV in the living room, what am I supposed to do with him, right? You need to relax. But at the same time, I'm going to have the kid in your lap and he's watching TV. And every time I'm like, you shouldn't be watching TV by any chance, right? So it's been a challenge for me personally as well as to, you know, how do you introduce devices to kids, but at the same time, not take away important personal development activities that could be outside of the digital world. You're absolutely right. And the, the balance is key here. And one of the things that I believe and kind of live and breathe around this idea is mentor over monitor. 
How do you do that? Part of it is balance. So like you said, it cannot be just one or the other. It cannot be just activities outside and your kids are 12 or 13 and they have never been introduced to the digital devices. And then they're suddenly pushed into a world that is surrounded by that and they're not prepared for it. Because as parents, one of the most important or the most important job for us is to not hold their hand until they're older, but to kind of prepare them so you can let go of that hand and they can actually be ready and be cognizant enough of this world out there. How do you do that is is balance. Like you, you mentioned a little bit, it's like it has to be, you know, activities in and around the digital devices, also activities uh, outside of that. It cannot be just one or the other. And there has to be that monitor part as well. Like kids two years old and younger should not be exposed to their personal digital devices. And watching TV as a family can be a great bonding experience. And although it is exposure to some form of a digital device, it is still can be considered something that you're doing it together, you're talking, you're sharing experiences. And then that that's the part where the mentor comes in, right? And when kids, kids are older uh, and they are ready for being exposed or they're ready to have their own digital devices and they get whatever that amount of time is for your family, whether it's 30 minutes, 20 minutes, it's okay for them to go and watch something or do something with their digital devices. But never forget that that 30 minutes is also an opportunity for us as a parent to teach them about what they have done. And that could be as simple as like having a conversation over dinner. Like dinner is probably, I highly encourage to have dinner time to be a time when everybody's together and have a conversation. And those conversations can be about what they have watched. It can be as simple as, hey, what did you watch? Oh, I have never watched that. Can you tell me more? Things like that. Or when they're playing a game, you can be a little vulnerable and say, oh, I don't know what that game is. Can you show me? And that could be a teachable moment. That could be something that he gets interested in. He knows that my parents support me in my playing this game. could be as simple as getting getting engaged with my uh, screen time. And so that trust building is necessary when they're 13 and 14 and they're exposed to far more elements of the social uh, media or far more elements of the online world. And they can come to you when they need that help. Because trust and transparency, those are some of the building blocks that you have to establish from a very young age. Now, when I look back, right, when our parents and had to deal with us, you know, taking time when you get back from school, asking us, hey, how was your day? What did you do with your friends? I mean, things like that builds a, a sense of trust and bonding with your parents from a very young age. And you feel that you can open up as you progress into your teenage or adulthood. You know, we have these car conversations, we have dinner conversations, and we end up asking about the school, we end up asking about the play date that they had, and just incorporate it. It cannot be um, digital uh, literacy or digital citizenship talks need not be like its own niche bubble. It has to be incorporated into everyday life because if you look around, we live in a world that is integrated with our digital devices. And I'm not just always talking about like a tablet or a computer. There is Alexa, which is which is a digital device, which is integrated into our lives, but it is not not yet considered to be screen time. It definitely is tech time. Very true. So tell us about Pop Smart Kids. How does it actually work? Right. So with Pop Smart Kids, when I started, I had, um, like I said, I had all these uh, questions myself as a parent, and I started reading a lot of material. And I did find that a lot of the schools, and there is 
um, there are platforms out there and there are researchers out there who are doing absolutely fantastic research about how to incorporate digital citizenship in schools. But all of this material is mostly around how to do it in, in, in a classroom, in a setting where there is a teacher and there are kids, kids around you listen to you. And I started thinking like all education, it cannot be just in the school. It has to transcend beyond the classroom. It has to be um, like learning letters or learning your numbers is a joint endeavor between the teachers and the parents. As parents, we do engage ourselves in that um, in that activity with our kids to help them learn. And I started thinking about there is not enough material around there or not enough focus on how parents can do this at home. And that kind of led to um, me talking about this with parents at this point. There is a blog on the website that has content that actually talks about how best we can incorporate the elements of digital citizenship into our family life. We do, as part of uh, Pop Smart Kids, a digital citizenship commitment tip, and we do that every week. And that kind of gives you one single tactical achievable tip that you can incorporate into your daily life. Beyond that, I started thinking more and more as to how can we make technology an acceptable way to create a bond, create a human connection between parents and kids. And that's when I started talking to parents, I started talking to teachers, and that's the collaborative storytelling tool or the collaborative storytelling app that we're launching pretty soon. It's called Pop Smart right now, but we're looking at launching it on the iTunes and the Google Play Store. That's a very interesting concept Priyanka thank you with all these digital materials you know creating more literacy to parents especially first-time parents it's kind of hard to have role models because our parents say for example come from a different generation where watching a tv or hearing a radio were the only sort of digital devices that we had back then and now it's kind of a challenge for us to figure out what's the optimum that you'll have to follow with this generation of uh, kids and congratulations on the app i'm really excited to see how the app shapes up and uh, our listeners quite sure they'll be interested to learn more at that stage as oh, well. Absolutely. And uh, I encourage everyone listening to this, just go onto our website and there is a sign up button right there. So that will just put you in the list of uh, the first ones to know when the app is out there on the store. So I'll send a personal email to each one of you if you sign up and let you know when the app is out. We're looking at some time in early October for that. That's pretty cool. And we'll find a link to it on this episode as well. Priyanka, tell us about you personally, your travel all the way from India to Seattle and some tidbits about your transition into a different country. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think this all kind of started slightly unplanned and by chance, but I grew up in a small town in Orissa and I moved out of my house when I was 18 because I wanted to do engineering and there was no no engineering college close by. So this was many, many kilometers away after getting an electronics uh, engineering degree, I started working with a consulting, IT consulting firm in India. I worked with Infosys for a few years. And that gave me an option to travel the world a little bit, work with different companies, worked with Verizon here in the US. And then uh, I worked with Royal Bank of Scotland in um, Edinburgh, Scotland. Before I settled in Seattle, well, settle is a relative term, but before I, so I call Seattle home now, but I have been to um, 10 different cities uh, before this, uh, lived and stayed and worked. So by this time, I felt like I needed to go back to school and learn about the what I call the business side of things. 
uh, and I really wanted to get my MBA uh, degree. So I was actually, I was back in India, I was back in Bangalore, and I was preparing and a friend just reached out and said, hey, you know, you're you're ready to take the test. Why don't you take a couple of tests for applying to colleges in the US? And I wasn't quite interested. I am, I'm the only child to my parents. And I had this idea of, uh, like, you know, I had to stay in the same country to take care of them. But anyways, it all happened. And I landed up in, I got accepted to two colleges here, but I uh, ended up going to Purdue in Indiana, earned my MBA degree from there. I worked uh, with a insurance company after that, uh, but I stayed in the IT uh, org of the company and worked um, automating their underwriting process uh, and kind of defining a workflow around it. I was in right before Pop Smart Kids. I was working as a technical program manager for a mid-sized startup firm. I was also a new mom, and I was also figuring out a lot of different things. Like I said, as my older one, who is eight now, as he started getting his independent uh, screen time, it all kind of came together. It's like, this this can't be right. I have to do something about it. And that's how Pop Smart Kids was born. And it's the, uh, it's the idea of, and I was talking about holding that hand a little bit before, but I want you all to imagine a little bit about you're standing at the sidewalk with your kid in your, uh, you know, you're holding his hand and it's a busy road. Cars are just passing by. You never tell your kid, hey, you know, never cross that road, but just because it's dangerous. But what you instead do is you give him tools, you tell him things that he could be careful about. And for as long as possible, you hold his hand and cross the road with him. To me, Pop Smart Kids is that. It's, it's telling you all to be aware. It's encouraging parents to engage in the digital experiences of their kids. That's a pretty fantastic journey, Priyanka. When you look back, I'm quite sure you should be proud of yourself. As I speak with a lot of entrepreneurs on my show, the ideas pop up not because of the fact they want to be an entrepreneur or they set up themselves to be one. It's more about they see challenges in their day-to-day life and they take it upon themselves to address it. And that's how great companies are born. And it's interesting to hear Pop Smart Kids is something that you're really passionate about as being a mom yourself. You understand the digital world has to be navigated And I really love your analogy of crossing a road. It's so hard to catch up or even find the latest tidbits about how do you really be very careful in protecting your identity and protecting your character going forward. Yes, absolutely. And I just quickly wanted to point out something that you mentioned before is how we grew up versus how we are raising our kids. And when I say that, I say that in terms to the uh, type of digital devices or just devices available and surrounding us. So we as parents in this generation, we are in this really kind of a strange place where we we did not grow up with these devices, but we now have this very important role of telling our kids or teaching them or defining ways how they can be around these devices. And what are the rules? How do we figure that out? So I'm just curious, Priyanka, how does your eight-year-old react to your idea of Pop Smart Kids and What's the kind of support that he lends to you? <laughs> it's funny you ask that because he is my, um, well, he's not my only um, quality control tester, but he is my go-to quality control tester. And he actually, he doesn't get paid for chores at home because it's his home. It's, his, it's a work that we all do at home. But for bucks that he finds in the app, he actually gets paid. Um, and he's a good negotiator. So I think he's going to grow up to be a, a fine negotiator. But, you know, kids always win the negotiation with their parents. But we are still working on how much he gets paid, but he does get paid uh, for every buck that he finds. Even beyond that, I think he has been um, kind of watching him. And like I mentioned, when he was getting exposed to independent screen time, that 
has been the germinating point of how this idea started. And even outside of that, I think my kids kind of provide me that space. And Bianca, you will agree, being an entrepreneur, being a working mom, it's hard. It's There is always that guilt. And you mentioned there's that always that ideal picture, the image that the world puts around us. But being around the kids, and I do have time in the evening that I completely spend with them. So may not be directly, but they definitely give me that space that triggers my creative process, allows me to take a breath and be be silly, be be playful with them. And that does as everyone would agree, that does wonders to your to your brain, to your creative process, to your life as a whole. And I call that work life harmony. I, I well, I love the term work-life harmony and drawing from my own personal experience, Priyanka, it's my first baby. So I'm in the learning process as well. And I didn't realize how connected we are with our smartphones because when I go back home in the evenings, unintentionally at a subconscious level, you start checking your emails, your social media channels, which are never ending, right? From notification standpoint. And as I was quickly checking on him, I thought he was asleep in my lap. And all of a sudden I was just peeping into him and he was looking at me and I felt really bad. I was like, what am I doing? I should be spending time with him rather than getting so addicted to being on top of things with my smartphone. And I've been unlearning, you know, how do you stay really disconnected? And sometimes when I, when I do for the last couple of days, I've been very focused on doing it so I can spend more playtime with him. It's relaxing uh, for me, A, so it helps me in my self-care, and B, it it sends a message, I mean, subconsciously to him that your mom is with you, and that creates a sense of bonding as well. But I agree, it's it's hard for a lot of us who are so connected with the devices to enforce these kinds of uh, digital parenting, digital citizenship kind of uh, activities on us as well. That's that's very true and kudos to you for sharing that because uh that's you know that's being very vulnerable and i have i have done that myself as well so you actually triggered something um that i forgot to mention most of the times my older one i have two boys i have a younger one who is not there yet to understand all of he's just turned 5 and he's not there yet to understand all of the intricacies but my older one is and there have been times when he has told me why do you need your phone all the time when he has told me uh, mom you are you are addicted I don't think he used the word addicted I think he used the word you are very attached to your phone why and like you mentioned it has put me in a place where and I try to treat kids or younger people like like adults because they have the same feelings they have the same questions it's just us keeping an open mind and I started thinking, like, that is right. You know, I am always attached to it. Maybe we can do something about it. Uh, sometimes it's not possible to always keep the phone away if there is something that is going on at work and I need to keep an eye. So I make it a point to actually say it out loud to him. It's like, I'm in your room. I'm playing with you. But I need the phone next to me because, you know, there is something important going on at work and it need to keep an eye but I try as much as I can to put my phone away there's absolutely no no devices during dinner and that's for me as well the notification can cling away can just the alarm can keep buzzing very true and it's being role models for our kids as well right so I think that sends a very important message as they're growing up so tell us about 
the Impact Pitch competition. And to our listeners out there, congratulations to Priyanka. She's one of the finalists for the, the Impact Pitch competition. And we would love to learn more about what that is and how we can continue supporting you as you go to the final round which is coming up in a couple Thank of weeks. You. Um, yes, so Impact Pitch is a competition that organi- that is organized by a great organization here called the Business Impact Northwest, and they support small businesses and startups, kind of gives them a platform to share their story, share their idea, and uh, it culminates in a cash prize, which goes a long way in both giving you a, a validation that there is meat to your idea, uh, and it also as startups, as small businesses, we are always stretched too thin uh, when it comes to resources. It goes a long way. Uh, every penny goes a long way in this initial year. So it's it's a really intense process to getting to the finals, but I have loved every moment of it. And I love how thorough they are with, with the different materials that they actually request you to submit. Um, so it starts with round one, which is essentially just a simple application questions and the round two is a very detailed feasibility, market research, and a financial projection analysis. And as I was going through that process, I kept thinking, gosh, you know, this is this is great because it has been a while. So I started the company in February um, 2018. And I was thinking as I was doing that um, in early August is that I haven't gone back and visited my financial projections. This is great. This is, gives me an opportunity to kind of look at them and say, you know, so much has changed. So I have to make adjustments to those numbers. But anyway, so that leads to the next round, which was a four minutes video where you share your story, you talk about how you are essentially the organization is all about making an impact to uh, communities around you. So you talk about how you're doing that. And you tell your story, you tell about your product or service. And we did that. um, And I just to, to all the listeners, to everyone who participated, the, the, the third round or the video round was actually by votes. And it, it was a partially by votes and partially uh, the judge's decision based on a rubric. But I just want to say thank you for everyone who supported me in that journey um, through your either words of encouragement or through your votes. Um, so I'm super grateful. And that actually led us to make it to the final. So we are among the eight finalists who will be participating in a live pitch uh, competition on September 19th. And it's happening in Seattle. So if you're from Seattle, please come join me. It's from 5.30 to 8.30. And you probably can see me blast that all over um, social media. So my handle is Priyanka Raha. So if you start following me, you should be able to find all the details. And thank you, Priyanka, for um, uh, for everything that you did during that journey as well. Um, I'm super grateful. Hey, happy to support you, Priyanka. And, you know, when I see these kinds of interesting ideas, I would love to rally support. And I usually reach out to my friends and networks to say, hey, Let's go and support another women entrepreneur. Congratulations again for getting to the final round. And we are so hopeful that you would end up as a winner. But no matter what the end results are going to be, you're doing a great service in terms of bringing more digital literacy to parents and kids to raise better citizens for the world. So I would say keep doing such amazing work. And we look forward to the app, as you mentioned as well. So tell us a little bit about 
TEDx. I know you're one of the program managers for TEDx Youth at Seattle. Any interesting thoughts on how that experience has shaped up for you? Uh, absolutely. And that again happened by chance. Uh, so I'm a big fan of uh, TED Talks and they're inspirational. I have the app on my phone. I'm always listening to them. I treat them like, you know, just like I, how I listen to podcasts. Sometimes I'm not just watching the video, but I'm just, as I'm working around the house or running errands, I just have it in my ears and I'm, I'm listening to the, them. When I learned about the TEDx um, Seattle and TEDx Women, I wanted to just go and be part of a live TED audience and experience that for myself because it is listening to a live speaker is an experience in itself. So I was at the TEDx Women uh, conference uh, in Seattle and I met a friend and we were just having a conversation and she was telling me how we need to have something that will actually attract the youth platform to them to share their ideas. And we started talking. And at that point, I did not, at that point, she was just, it was just something that she was thinking about. And then a few months later, she contacted and said, hey, you know, uh, I think you would be perfect for, we need someone to come and manage the speaker team. So I jumped at the opportunity. And it has been quite a journey because when I, um, and a lot of the times we come come across uh, conversations when I'm talking to parents or as as I'm talking with my parents, uh, is that, you know, young, young people, oh, you know, they're still young, they have a long way to go. And that is true. But when I am there, I'm listening to this. So we had so many fantastic submissions over the last few months, and it was so, so challenging to pick just a few. Uh, but uh, it was... At the same time, it was so thrilling to see there are so many different ways that they're trying to solve uh, the different issues that we are facing right now, from ranging from climate change to violence to sexual harassment. Having heard all of these fun, interesting insights, are you ready to play a fun rapid fire round for us? Fire away. Tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Role model? My parents. Seattle. Home. Favorite pastime with your sons? Reading. One word to describe yourself in your native language? Uh, my native language is Bengali. It's a language that is spoken in the state of West Bengal in India. It's on the east coast of the country. Shokto, it means strong. Well, I'm quite sure it's a good reflection of you. And that was our podcast episode. Priyanka, thank you so much for being part of the show. I am so pleased to be here. Thank you so much for having me. This was, this was fun. I can't uh, wait to share this uh, with my family and friends. Thank you, Priyanka. Until another episode with another interesting guest, this is Priyanka Komla signing off, your host for Career Startup Podcast.